Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Episode 38 of the SJP Wrestling Podcast. I am Sai, your host, and I want to say thank you once again for pressing play, download, etc., however you access your podcasts. On today's show, we will continue our look through the year 2000 in the WWF, pay-per-view by pay-per-view, with UK-based independent wrestler David Eaton. I'm really enjoying doing these shows. It's brilliant going back some 21 years, looking at pay-per-views that, on the whole, to be fair, since me and David have started doing this, have been pretty good. Um, we had one ropey experience, that being WrestleMania of the year 2000. But yeah, so far, the shows have all been fairly entertaining. Um, this week, we cover Insurrection the UK-based pay-per-view from that year. And again, it's, it's it's quite a good show, as I'm sure the conversation between David and I will show. A little bit more on that conversation, however. We did have a few technical issues, a few Skype problems, a few internet problems, and so on. When trying to get this episode recorded, I want to thank David, first of all, for being incredibly patient whilst we battled through those uh, technical issues. And I want to thank everyone listening as well, and regular listeners to the show, for being patient in waiting for this episode to come out, because it is going to be a touch later than normal. Um, however, through the magic of editing and David's patience, we managed to get the conversation recorded, managed to get it of a decent enough standard, I feel, for people to still enjoy listening to our, our topic today and our views upon the pay-per-view Insurrection 2000. Um, again, I want to say thank you to everyone for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you very much. Hello, brother. This is NWA WCW Enhancement Talent, Randy Hogan, baby. Being in the ring with the Road Warriors, Vader, Abdul the Butcher, Midnight Express and all them guys. Let me tell you, it was dang rough. But not as rough as listening to Cyan Mags on that chain wrestling show, brother. What you gonna do when this pair of fools, Cyan Mags and chain wrestling, brother, runs wild on you? Mr. David Eaton, welcome back to the SJP Wrestling Podcast. How are we doing? Doing pretty good, thank you. Yeah, sun's shining right now after being weird all day outside. Like, we've had rain, I think I saw hail at some point. There's so much wind, and now it's, like, peaceful and sunny as the evening draws in. Yeah, it's been quite nice here all day, to be fair. Um, Yesterday was atrocious. (laughs) Awful yesterday. Oh, terrible, yeah. I mean, a a little bit of context for everyone uh, listening when this comes out. We're we're recording on the 4th of May, which is a Tuesday, and it's been a lovely day where I am in Gloucester, but before that, oh my goodness, it was like we were getting hit by some sort of tornado, I think, at one stage. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely been stormy. It's been crazy. Yeah, it has. And I also want to take this opportunity, now we're, uh, now we're recording and everyone can can hear as well, um, I want to apologise to you, David, and thank you hugely for being as flexible as you have been with trying to get this podcast done. I have had an absolute nightmare week or two with various issues at home, poorly children, work-wise, um, laptop issues technical issues as anyone who listens to the show or listens to uh, chain wrestling with mags and i um you'll know that mags constantly mocks me for not being the most technologically minded individual um (laughs) so um, dave i've changed the time of record back and forth a few times and i just want to say thank you hugely for being understanding and helpful with that my friend hey no worries at all like these things happen like to me as much as anybody else like i fully understand no, it's hugely, hugely appreciated. Um, it's actually worked out quite 
funny in a way that we're recording on the 4th of may because this show was initially put on the show we're covering today the insurrection pay-per-view from 2000 which was broadcast on uk pay-per-view television only it wasn't available in the states initially uh, this oh. was um actually it was actually broadcast on may the 6th so give or take a couple of days we're, we're virtually on the same date dave hey there we go we tried to yeah <laughs> Inevitably, like well lord willing and all that yeah, yeah perhaps it was just meant to be perhaps they were trying to delay us just for that little fact there there we go <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be tuesday i'll tell you what when this comes out then on thursday it'll be coming out on the exact anniversary of the show how, how about oh, Christ, that let's pretend it's live yeah okay okay um yeah so coming to you live now with the sjp wrestling <laughs> uh yeah as, as i mentioned just then we're covering insurrection at 2000 today as david and i um take a little sort of step back through time looking at 2000 pay-per-views from the wwf in order as we go along the insurrection pay-per-view we're looking at today um, actually first happened only six days after the backlash pay-per-view which was the last show david and i covered Um, this one is part of the uk tour that the wwf put on in early 2000 and comes to us from earl's court in london the attendance was a sellout um, and there's apparently over 17,000 people in the building um initial thoughts then dave what did you uh, what did you think of the show uh, i didn't really know what to expect going into it um right so i i took a look at the card before it and i was like oh that could be fun like oh too cool and demon and and that could be fun and like uh the hardies and and uh edge and christian and stuff and uh yeah and then like the main event with the the rock and triple h is is guaranteed to be a good match i don't i don't think they've ever had a bad one um and then yeah add shane mcmahon and there's going to be shenanigans i wasn't really sure what to expect but i i was pretty sure i was going to enjoy it um and yeah i i think it exceeded expectations actually yeah i i agree i agree i I always look at the i suppose barring um summerslam 92 which is the obvious i suppose i always look at uk pay-per-views or uk shows as being uh, not not an afterthought for the wwe that's probably not the right way of wording it but that, that's the sort of thing that springs to mind it's not not with the same not treated with the same kind of luster i suppose as a wwf pay-per-view in the states and when you look at some of the matches on this card and some of the names wrestling in in certain spots uh, you kind of think to yourself mm, okay i'm sure how this is going to go but yeah I, I totally agree with you david it, it absolutely exceeded what i thought looking through the card before i before i press play I tell you what, I, I looked at it and was like, this this could be this could be like a house show. Yeah. Right. And then I watch it. I'm like, this is like a house show. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's one of the notes I've got. Actually, one of the early notes I've got is it does really feel like a house show. The whole. Yeah. It, there's a couple of things that strike me as being slightly odd, but not odd in a bad way. They're just kind of when they came on screen, I was a little bit like, huh, look at that is that they've they've not got any of the big sort of advertising banners hanging down or anything that you normally see on, on pay-per-views all they've got is sky box office hanging up on the on, up in the arena so that straight away okay. looks looks odd to me seeing sky box office and the colors of that logo <laughs> up in that was a yeah. bit of an odd one um you've got it's very dark and there's not masses of pyro or anything or, or any stage in the intros or anything like that um it looks in a way like a sort of an episode of raw from this time but an episode of raw yeah. that had been stripped back a little bit further maybe yeah it's kind of like halfway between a house show and a, an episode of monday night raw i guess isn't it yeah um and that's probably a, a good description of it but it's it's a particularly good episode of monday night raw i think like, yeah they're going across it it's like it's like one where they're trying really hard to, to put on a good show and they want people to watch the next one um but yeah i don't know let's get into it and we'll talk about some of the matches yeah definitely um our opener is uh, well i got i got something to say about this as well that's a positive our opener is too cool grandmaster sexy and scotty too Hossie, taking on two of the radicals dean malenko and perry saturn um 
two cool are so over aren't they when their music hits the crowd go <laughs> crazy and i mean obviously it's it's early in the show everyone's excited as well but i gotta say going back and watching these pay-per-views with you i think i've said before that i never really grasped too cool or never really got too excited about them looking back but watching these pay-per-views with you now uh, back in order i've been won over by them when their music hit first really? and they came, yeah i was i was i was all about it i loved it so you've you've, oh, you've converted me i think david <laughs> <laughs> i'm so happy to hear that this was my favorite match okay the entire show this, hands down, this was my favorite match of the entire show and like they they were just doing everything right it felt like the whole way through it like the crowd loved them from the minute they went out there and they never really lost them like all the way through it there's some really really light towards the start nice in really intricate for the time like wrestling sequences i think there's one between like that starts between scotty and perry Saturn, and then they trade to be scotty and malenko and it ends in a russian leg sweep and it's beautiful and it lasts for like way longer than any other wrestling sequence you'd see at this time yeah yeah definitely i mean last time we spoke we saw um who was it uh scotty duhotti versus malenko in a singles match wasn't it at backlash and And they're still replaying that ddt at this point from the end of that match because it looked that good yeah and that was that was a real sort of I suppose the term could be hidden gem i guess if anyone wants to go back and watch that match because if if i looked at that on paper maybe not as much now because like i said i've been converted slightly towards too cool but back then when we looked at it well if i looked at that on paper i probably wouldn't have been too inspired by the potential of the match i was going to watch but it was brilliant so then seeing that this match had perry saturn thrown in the mix and then and obviously grandmaster sexy is back as well I was actually quite excited about this before it even started, and I found myself proper popping when Too Cool came out. I was really excited <laughs> about it. So <laughs> um, we have a few issues between Malenko and Saturn. They've been building on on the uh, WWF television for a, a little while by this point. They can't quite seem to get along, or they sort of slightly misfiring in tag matches and so on, isn't there, Dave? Yeah, and I thought it was like it surprised me because this is surprisingly early. Like, I mean, like, I remember the Radicals as a tag team that were around for a while. Um, and I think in actuality, it wasn't much more than like a year and a bit or something like that. And they're already starting to do tension. And we were like, what, five months into the year mm. here? So, like, oh, yeah, I was surprised to see that, that they were sort of doing the tension thing between them already. Um, and like, I think, like, like, it's not often, like, particularly these days, um, maybe it was more often those days, but I, 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 like it doesn't stick in my mind as something that's particularly common. That you do like tension between a tag team without it really paying off, and like it, it paid off in like little ways in terms of like they'd lose the upper hand because of it or whatever. But like they didn't really have a giant blow up, and I thought that was really nice. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I suppose those things can happen, can't they? In in any in any sport, in any. Um, well, any any environment, work environment, family environment, you can have someone who who is your tag partner or a teammate in football or whatever, and there can be friction, and you can have yeah. arguments, and, and it can affect how things are going without it turning into a full-on, I suppose, Shawn Michaels, Marty Gennetti situation, for example. I guess you know it's. Yeah. <laughs> Like it was, it was quite nice to see him taking their time with something like that, which is like I know I've just said they like I was surprised they were doing tension so quickly between them, given that they were like they've just turned up in in WWF or whatever. But um, like the fact that they'd not crammed everything into an entire match and had them properly beating on each other, I thought was was pretty cool. Mm. Um, the other thing I thought was really cool about this match is we actually got like the full like proper too cool like babyface comeback with like him hitting the worm and grandmaster sex actually hitting the leg drop so i feel like that was so rare back then and that's probably another reason that this is more of a house show because they let two cool win properly clean um and i don't remember that happening an awful lot no no it was it was a a double worm i think wasn't it didn't he hit it was it it was a double yeah i was smiling amazing (laughs) um there's one moment that really tickles me as well and i don't know why it's just it's literally just silly inane childish humor i guess from my standpoint um we have saturn and malenko 
both getting thrown into the corner um, and Saturn sort of stumbles out and lands on the deck and Milenko then falls and headbutts his own yeah. partner in the balls and I don't oh, know why oh, but all that, that sort of just silliness really tickled me <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've not I've not seen that not on the British Indies as a spot I've not seen that on TV in such a long time yeah yeah, I, I, it got a smile from me. I really enjoyed that. Obviously, you know, Perry Saturn did not, but you know, it's, <laughs> um, you'll get over it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. And and the hip hop drop, the top rope leg drop that was mentioned just then by David, gets the win for Too Cool. Um, we've spoken before, haven't we, about top rope leg drops being amazing, and this one is just spectacular, isn't it? Yeah, really good. The other one was um, Bob Buchanan, wasn't it? Oh, our mate Bob. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That he is indeed. Um, before we get to him, we have a brief moment with the cat and Mae Young. Um, very brief. I'm not 100 percent sure what, what the point was or what they were trying to establish there. Um, <laughs> but then we get a quite cool, eerie sort of classic promo for the Judgment Day pay per view, which is coming up very soon. Yeah. And it's the it's the classic. Well, it is Judgment Day 2000, but they kind of used it a few more times as well with the young girls in the white outfits um, singing this this little this little nursery rhyme or song. But it's done in such a way that even though it's young kids singing singing along, it's creepy as hell. <laughs> well, young kids singing can be creepy. You had enough like echo and stuff. I'd be creeped out by it most days. I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, it's funny you should say they reused that because I, I watched it and I was like, this is so familiar. Is it like that legendary that I remember it specifically just from this build-up or have they reused that? Um, so yeah, interesting you should say they reused it because I like I was like, wow, I really vividly remember this. So either it was that creepy <laughs> that I yeah. actually remember it or they, they just like, they, they got the, the most they could out of it. They used it, I think, for Judgment Day in later years as well or a variation of it but okay. also the undertaker when he first returns as the the, the biker the american badass or how, however you want to term it um he had the three girls in his entrance video oh really so it, they'd, he'd, okay. they'd, they'd be like the sound of um I think it's footsteps, and then they'd all the three girls would kind of lean towards the screen a little bit and they'd all go he's here and, and, and oh yeah that was part of that so that might be what kind of sticks in the mind as well i think potentially yeah. well, it worked yeah <laughs> yeah definitely yeah um, i am like 20 years later going man why do i remember that so vividly yeah yeah and, and it's a theme throughout the show isn't it building towards judgment day coming up mm. um obviously it's a big deal because on this there's no spoiler alert here i mean we're 21 years later aren't we so <laughs> <laughs> um it's i think judgment day is the return of the undertaker and that's the link yeah. with the girls and so on so it is a big big deal um that pay-per-view but before we get there, after we've seen the little promo for the, the upcoming Judgment Day show, we have Mr. McMahon coming out. Um, and he is booed out of the building. They are not liking old Vinnie Mac in London, are they? They are not. Rightfully so. And this this kind of like was one of those Vince promos that I'm like, you're just here to say words. You're, you're filling time. You're just here to get heat for a bit. Mm-hmm. And then... It, then it stopped which is which was fine because i was bored playing then um but uh, i don't know i don't remember an awful lot about what he said i just remember wanting him to stop speaking yeah that w- which i guess means he did his job yeah 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 i suppose you're right i mean there's two things that really stood out to me was he makes a comment about the foul stench the foul air of london which got a yeah. huge chorus of booze which tickled me you know it's, it's just good old school heel heat i guess isn't it slagging off the city <laughs> you're in you know um and then it scans through the crowd when they, they have the familiar vince mcmahon chant of asshole and there's kids must be about six or seven years of age stood on a chair shouting asshole at vince mcmahon with oh, all their God. might and i was like yeah go on lads give him some <laughs> oh my decorum yeah yeah that's it um the second match we get on the pay-per-view is one of those that i looked at and thought okay three and a half minutes um kane versus um show favorite bull buchanan 
<laughs> uh, uh, in a singles match and that's when i started thinking okay this is very much like a throwaway event this is going to be very much like a throwaway uh, house show effort for the uk audience um but that was on paper actually watching it in the ring they did i think they did quite a, quite well with a very short amount of time dave man they nailed this didn't they mm-hmm. they did really really well with what they had they had two big guys well they had like this this young new up-and-coming guy in Bull buchanan they had this more established big rough tough guy in kane and they just bashed them into each other for three minutes and they gave bull the first half and kane the second half and they didn't take too long about it and i still wanted to see more at the end and i thought it was great yeah exactly i mean again bull buchanan continues to make me sort of wonder why it never worked when we see this in this three and a half minutes he gets in a brilliant kind of i think he turned it into maybe a, an axe handle or a forearm but he's, he runs towards the rope and he's a big big fella yeah. and he jumps and just lands on the top rope effectively and then springs yeah. off and turns in midair to hit kane and that's followed up very quickly by a sort of booker t style scissor kick kind of effort yeah. um and you just look at the size of the fella and how quick he's moving. And again, it's just another example of what you and me have said in the past, David, of just why be squared kicked ass. <laughs> yeah, no, he was great. Hugely underappreciated. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, we very quickly go into our next contest after that. We have the Road Dog, accompanied by Tori. Um, I'm assuming she's not going to be around for much, much longer here. Um, she wasn't around for a great deal anyway, but DX kind of parts ways. It, it, DX is kind of already in a bit of a mess at this stage anyway, isn't it? With Triple H is off with them at Marnes and so on. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it seems like a bit of a cluster, doesn't it? Like you're getting some sort of maybe combination of them, maybe not mm. <laughs> here and there when you see them. Um, and I guess I, this is one of those things where I kind of look back on like when I was first watching wrestling and I was like, <sighs> like everyone thinks DX is really cool, but like i've not seen a lot of them like in this first five months of watching wrestling if i'm only watching the pay-per-views like and what i am seeing is is kind of like scattershot in this way as i kind of understand why i didn't really get them for quite a while yeah yeah and it was it was kind of very much the end of the run wasn't it you had yeah um 97 they they formed didn't they with sean triple h china and oddly rick rude was part of the group (laughs) as as like the bodyguard i Um, didn't know that yeah when they initially started uh rick rude would stand in the background in a suit um whilst sean and triple h were just basically being silly dickheads on screen (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna have to look that up and um but he left the company the night of the montreal screwjob he was disgusted with what happened um that night in november 97 ran eric bischoff straight away and said I want to come work for you. Even though at this stage Rude couldn't wrestle because of his, his, his insurance policy he took out about his back injuries. So he ended up going back to WCW and actually ended up being on Monday Night Raw and Monday Nitro on the same night, whereas where Raw was wow. pre-taped and Nitro was live. And okay. to stick it to McMahon, he cut a promo in the ring on Nitro slagging off the WWF. <laughs> and it also had a shave as well to show that where he was it was live where they were it was pre-taped which was quite no. a cool little, yeah which is quite the mustache and everything i think he did he had a full beard at this stage i think so he might have just showed it down to the touch oh, i'm not okay. sure okay. but yeah it, it, he didn't really fit with dx to be honest um yeah after wrestlemania 14 triple h the monday night raw sorry after wrestlemania 14 triple h took over dx because sean was forced into retirement for a few years and he he basically put together the group of himself china and brought in the new age outlaws but by this stage in 2000 triple h was obviously in the main event picture with the mcmahons china was not associated with triple h anymore because you know stuff going on behind the scenes between them and stephanie mcmahon and you're getting things like the road dog um billy gunn and and others wrestling for the rights to the dx name and rights to the dx music and it was all just a bit of a mess at this stage it was was kind of done and dusted i think it ran its course if you know what i mean interesting is this this where the rap theme comes in as well because i really like i quite liked the rap theme the dx rap theme and i had it on whichever wwf cd came out at the time um but um 
yeah, it, it's it struck me as weird that they'd use it when they had such an iconic theme to begin with. Yeah, it's the the, the iconic sort of the the proper DX theme. Um, they did come away from it for a while, and then X Pac always had his own slightly different one as well. Oh, really? Yeah, his theme was always an X Pac based. DX theme. <laughs> so at the beginning, they they would literally scream X Pac on the song, but it would be to the sound of the um, the DX entrance theme, but sort of slightly in a slightly different beat and tone and so on. Um, and then I think Mike Tyson had his own for like a, literally just a one episode of Raw or something. Tyson had his own version of the DX theme when he he joined DX. Um, but yeah, the original one is for Sean and Triple H is so iconic, isn't it? It's an absolutely brilliant piece of yeah. music. Yeah, totally. So yeah, this was um, Bradshaw and Road Dog that we were meant to be talking about, right? Yes. So, um, <laughs> I think I don't know. I don't remember an awful lot about this. I remember more about what happened outside of the ring on this match. Like Farouk come down for commentary, and then almost immediately just decides to get involved, um, and then. Lots of people get sent to the back, and then not much of a match happens. Or some of a match happens. A yeah. fairly non-memorable match happens, and then Ray Dog does a bump handle slam and wins. Yeah, I mean, I initially, to be honest, I didn't realise that this match was on the show. Um, even though I did, <laughs> I did scan through the card beforehand, yeah. but when I saw Road Dog come out, and then I heard the APA music, I thought we were getting a six and tag, and Road Dog was teaming with the APA. Okay, yeah, um, that makes it wasn't until it sort of came up at the bottom and said Bradshaw with Farouk. I thought, oh, okay, he's wrestling just Bradshaw on his own. Um, we get quite a few UK references by Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler here, referencing lots of different types of ale, um, talking about going on a Leo Sayer, meaning all dayer, apparently. Um, <laughs> yeah, quite... his Cockney Ryman slang. Yeah. His very own <laughs> Cockney Ryman slang. And the, the Jim Crockett promotions or NWA fan in me got a little kick out of a few moments. Bradshaw used Lex Luger's torture rack finisher at one stage, which was, I don't oh, yeah. think I've seen him do before or since, to be fair. Um, and he also hits a really, really good suplex and rolls over into a cover as as the guy is still effectively bouncing from the suplex. And I just got huge Barry Windham vibes from that because it just <laughs> reminded me so much of when Windham used to do it with the superplex from the top. Um, right. That aside, I've not really got much else to talk about with this one. <laughs> no, and I, and I missed both of those things because they both seem like things that if I were paying attention, I might have enjoyed. But... Um, yeah, I think I got I got lost towards the beginning of that one when it was like a bit of a cluster of stuff going on and my attention mm. drifted off. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, that's a finish again. And Farouk did five seconds of commentary and that was that. <laughs> that sort of, yeah. I, think I, I was deep amused by Farouk going, uh, I'm here to do commentary. Um, bye. Yeah. And then just, like, oh, and he's, he's throwing punches and right in front of the referee and, and yeah, there's no disqualification like, oh, and stuff oh, like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's quite frustrating when that happens, but yeah, there we go. Um, we then have our first sighting of Terry Reynolds backstage just before they have a highly important and prestigious arm wrestling contest. Um, <laughs> Terry is backstage talk and uh, the fabulous Mueller is talking about how she's prepared her for an arm wrestling match, whilst Terry... I suppose seductively would be the term they were going for maybe eats a banana but the less said about this the better <laughs> I think <laughs> oh boy yeah I was watching it with someone and they were like oh that's where Austin Aries got that from <laughs> yeah I think she was going for a different effect to Austin Aries yeah, maybe like, <laughs> well maybe she wasn't perhaps Aries just ripped it off completely I don't yeah. know um yeah, that takes us to another instalment of the the Cat and Terry feud that we're sort of struggling through, Dave. Um, <laughs> this is an arm wrestling match, and straight off the bat, the the only person who can host it is obviously Jerry Lawler. Uh, and straight off the bat, Jerry Lawler states very proud and loud, "Who wants puppies?" To which the crowd react very, very eagerly. Um, 
Terry yep. keeps stalling. Lawler crouches down to make sure he's at exactly the right level for you know where he, where you'd imagine Jerry Lawler to want to be. <laughs> <laughs> I did laugh at Terry going, "Hang on, hang on, I'm not ready. I'm, I'm uncomfortable to do this arm wrestling contest. I must lose the bottom half of what I'm wearing." Yeah, yeah, I, I, I yeah, I got a note of that. That's hilarious. My my note literally says Terry takes off her shorts. Why? it's constricting of course it is I mean to be fair I've not been in many arm wrestling contests I may have an arm wrestling contest in the future and find that my shorts are being a bit tight and you can feel free to take them off yeah exactly I've learnt from this pay-per-view I guess for future records if if anyone complains about it you go here's the footage it's a professional arm wrestling contest (laughs) need a good face right this is allowed yeah exactly exactly um terry then spits water in the cat's face may young then soaks terry with more water um and then the cat loses her top um she had a habit of doing this and would get (laughs) told off backstage i'm not sure how stern vince would have been with her about it to be fair but he used to tell people he was was deadly serious yeah (laughs) you dare do that again yeah yeah i mean she's um she was not shy about displaying herself shall we say (laughs) um and then we have effectively a shot of terry reynolds bare butt as she's walking down the aisle which is then very quickly cut to a shot of rikishi's bare butt beautiful transition that was amazing wasn't it that was such a great camera cut i thought that really tickled me just how they did that it was great um and again that takes us you know very quickly into our next match i mean something you'll notice uh, people listening with this pay-per-view is we have um what is it 10 matches on the card at all if you if you count the arm wrestling and so on but the pay-per-view itself only goes two hours 20 minutes i think it is so it's a yeah, very short event in, didn't they? Mm. Like, I'm looking back on it now, it's kind of like flicking through the, the, the card again, just to see what's coming up. And I'm like, oh, wow, there was there's matches on here that I forgot even happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's probably my fault, because you were prepared for this show a long time ago, and I kept, I kept, <laughs> I kept messing you about. So. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to watch it all again. No, definitely. <laughs> um, our next match is the Dudley Boys with... Um, an, an odd combination for opponents, I think, of Rikishi and Shokishi. Shokishi. Man, he must have, I think I said this last time, he must have like a big wardrobe somewhere of like big show versions of so many wrestlers. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to find that. Or if it's <laughs> yeah. like the in like the WWF warehouse place they have, I'd love to have a walk yeah, around there and see. in the yeah. Hall of Fame if they ever did a physical one, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They should as well. I mean, the amount of stuff they've got yeah you know have you seen any of the footage of when the people get to walk around the the warehouse and that yeah i've seen bits and pieces it's it's proper impressive place isn't it yeah but it's all kind of just as you'd expect a warehouse to be it's all just kind of dumped yeah and it's like they're walking around and the you know this one video i saw i don't know who it was i think it might have been sean mooney actually oddly sean mooney doing something on on the on the network and he's going oh yeah and this is part of the first hell in a cell and it's just lent against the wall gathering <laughs> dust <laughs> right. yeah i've not i've not seen that before but um, and they that go, sounds pretty interesting like if if you actually if you've been following like wrestling news that really doesn't surprise me actually like recently with the um the the mickey james getting a trash bag of her stuff mm. um and like the the other ladies or or general talent i guess that was released probably all got trash bags with their stuff like it's very utilitarian cheap way of of doing things and if they're they treat like their released talent stuff like that then i guess one of the best defenses for that is look at this warehouse full of stuff that we're treating like an actual junk tip yeah like this is stuff we care about yeah there was footage as well this may have been with Bruce Pritchard, actually, whether it was his YouTube or his Facebook, or I don't know where I've seen this, but I'm fairly certain it was with Bruce Pritchard at some level. Um, and there's just like a, a, a chest, almost like an old pirate chest to a degree, like you know, like a wooden box sort of thing, like a crate, <laughs> with a gold know? padlock. 
and, and he opened it, and there's just all these old title belts in there. Oh like, God. stacks of them. And I'm talking, like, loads of... It's about a, it's about a foot deep. It's just full of belts. Wow. And he's, he's put... Just all thrown in. Yeah, literally just chucked in, yeah. And you could see one of the old, more sort of blocky-style intercontinental titles in there. Um, and I think there was, like, a tag belt there. Just literally just thrown in there. And I'm looking, and I'm like, well, if you don't want it, I'll have it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine how much stuff they must accumulate over the years, though. Like, mm. if they have, like multiple copies of every belt like so they got their like fancy tv one and they got their like one that gets carried around and used as a weapon and like things like that and then they've got like all of these random props and shukishi outfits and <laughs> like stuff that they've used and thought like i might need that again later or might be able to sell that on ebay for a few quid or like and it's just sitting like in a hoarder's paradise somewhere I'd love to have a walk around that. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I'll try and remember where what it is on the network with Sean Mooney going through stuff, uh, and I'll I'll send you the name of it. I'll send you a link. It was really interesting. Um, I've and seen the more organised versions of, of what you're telling me. I've never seen like a huge junk pile version. I don't think. Yeah, they're walking around. And they're just there's just stuff everywhere. It's, it was insane. Um, <laughs> I mean. Uh, this here, uh, the, the match that we're, we're we're covering here, Rikishi and Shokishi versus the Dudleys, it, it clocks in at just over seven minutes, but quite similar to the other matches that we just talked about. There's not masses going on, is there? No, no. It's um, yeah. Again, I don't really remember what happened. I remember that it happened at least. Um, and like, I feel like it kind of like ended in the right way. Like they stacked them up in corners and stuff, and and did the did the things you'd expect of them. Do everything they kind of need to do to wrap up the match, right? They do the rubbing their butts in their faces um, mm-hmm. and stuff. And they kind of like go to the finish from there. Um, but it's it's the stuff afterwards for me that kind of really kind of pinpointed why this show was so um, entertaining um, and why I enjoyed it so much. It's like they they bring everybody in, um, then Too Cool comes down and they like they swap the shades and they're all dancing and everyone involved actually looks like they're having fun and that kind of like projects back out and it makes me enjoy it more watching it because i'm like hey they're enjoying putting this on yeah and i'm enjoying watching it and it's just it's fantastic yeah exactly exactly and i i liked um the moment with uh bubba ray bully ray he kind of stops and stares for a moment and there's that little sort of you know it's not going to happen but it kind of makes you think oh is it going to kick off here is he going to yeah it, almost like he looks like he's ready to start throwing punches again yeah and then he just breaks into his own little dance and it's absolutely <laughs> fantastic isn't it it was amazing i loved it i loved that um entire thing it's uh, what I, like i said it's what i wish they did at wrestlemania with kane yeah. and i understand what they did but i just really wanted them yeah that would have been awesome um we got a few more sort of videos or vignettes or backstage moments um, with well, firstly with Kurt Angle going around the UK meeting people, doing a signing, and so on. Man, he is popular, right? For a villain. Yes. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, he's one of my all-time favourites. Um, even back in this era, I thought the guy was just superb. But you see, like the people queuing around the block to meet him and stuff, don't you? On this this little video. And he's only been in WF what, like six to eight months? Yeah. that's crazy yeah yeah absolutely but again all the people who who trained him and all the people who worked with him like those who do like the shoot interviews and all that sort of stuff they all say how how amazing it was that he he took to it so quickly and he was literally in the main events in a year winning world titles and so on and didn't look out of place at all i mean it's so (laughs) talented yeah he like he's one of those one in a million performers isn't he yeah without a doubt without a doubt um i got cli- i got tempted in with some clickbait on the internet earlier dave speaking of right. uh, angle there was i'm yeah. a massive sting mark i loved sting back in the early 90s when he was a surfer of uh, the surfer sting and i loved the crow sting in 97 the nwo and i'm a, angle's one of my all-time favorites he's like he's on my mount rushmore of wrestlers yep. um and there was just a caption that read Kurt Angle comments on possible match with Sting in AEW, and oh, I couldn't, God. I couldn't resist. I was like, I, I know, I know, if it happened, it would be awful. But a little part of me 
thinks, oh yeah, but it's Angle and it's Sting. So I was tempted and I clicked on it. And the comment that Kurt Angle had about wrestling Sting in AEW was simply, no, I would not. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I got proper fished in on the... Beautiful. I got proper fished in on this clickbait, mate. Oh, I was, I was the done. The revenue they made off you. Exactly. <laughs> um, we then go to long-time Angle... Um, nemesis and partner at teams Chris Benoit backstage and man who clearly has a broken orbital yeah he's a state isn't he like his eyelet's awful terrible yeah he he and... lost the intercontinental title to Jericho on the Smackdown not long before this and I think that it was it was in that match he took a big bang to the face and he looks a mess doesn't he uh, he just looks terrible, but you wouldn't tell, <laughs> like, other than the fact that it, like his eyes like swelling out of his face and completely purple. Like he's just like he's just a normal Chris Benoit promo. Yeah, yeah. Um, Angle comes out <laughs> with the microphone and j- does his usual sort of talking to the crowd as part of his entrance, um, which he did at this time. And as he makes a reference here to, to the English fans the uk fans and says your children are pale weak and uneducated and i just thought man <laughs> when i was a child that's exactly what i was <laughs> kurt you are correct <laughs> um, i don't know i like that i didn't know if that heel heat should really work against the british because we're so good at like self-effacing humor sort of thing that like water off a duck's back isn't it but they got in some booze. They knew what they were meant to do. Yeah. Um, the comment as well about America saving us from the Germans in World War Two. <laughs> just little things. It's just so, so like straight to the point. Nothing too yeah. foretight. Nothing too clever, but does exactly the job thereafter. Yeah. Um, we had Crash Holly on commentary for this match here between Benoit and Angle. Um, at the time, my note here says why is crash on commentary this is so random but it becomes obvious after why that's happened but to that in a moment um i love watching angle and benoit wrestle they had a great match at wrestlemania 17 they had a fantastic match one of my favorites at the royal rumble 2003 where i think they went nearly half an hour without having to throw a punch it was just wrestling and or they threw very minimal punches i have to go back and check it out it's one of my favorite <laughs> matches of all time yeah um this again is, is is a good match plenty of suplexes um but it just kind of ends out of nowhere for me yeah i don't know like the the entire match i'm just going like how is benoit wrestling with with a clearly broken face like how is he just doing normal chris benoit things why is why is he doing german suplexes like with angle almost landing on his face why is he doing the diving head but why like i'm just sitting there going like feeling bad that he's probably in excruciating agony but he doesn't show it at all and Mm. that's really unnerving like i was totally distracted through this entire match just going like i'm in awe of this man who's like just wrestling completely normal broken face um, but yeah, they. I mean, they they still had a good match. Yeah, yeah. It was a Chris Benoit angle match. It was like it was hard hitting. It was um, suplexy. It was wrestling. It was really good. Um, I was just distracted by his eye the entire time. Yeah, and the complete no. I think you're right. You must have been in pain. But yeah, for what you hear about the guy in the documentaries about him since since his passing, he wouldn't sell anything like that. So no. I just think, man, but it doesn't much... make sense to not sell it either. No. Like it's so obvious, you could see that eye from the tippity top back row. Like you'd be able to see that his eye was screwed. Mm. And like they made reference to it a couple of times during the match, like Angle goes for it or whatever. But like it, it just—you don't have to be tough about it. Just make it a focal point. Do something with it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, maybe that's why the match was what it was. I mean, six minutes and again the finish kind of comes out of nowhere with angle hitting the angle slam or olympic slam whichever whichever year it is that the name seemed to change didn't it so yeah but yeah. well, i mean i enjoyed it but i could have done with seeing more of it i guess yeah uh, and down the road we see plenty more of it i, I just wish benoit had, had a rest that night i think yeah <laughs> <laughs> um every day dave is a school day and i learned something with this match Ooh, um, well. 
there is a reference in the commentary um, again Jerry Lawler being Jerry Lawler going back to the arm wrestling contest and he makes a reference to the cat and her dropping her top and he says to Jim Ross did you see her Bruce Lee's now I had no idea what this meant so I googled it I googled what does Bruce Lee's mean what's the slang for Bruce Lee's I'm not going to d- divulge this on the show anyone wants to know have a little look but I mean it's a it's a reference to nipples basically but it's uh, okay. yeah I'm going to go into more detail than that it's <laughs> but I had no idea what that meant I was like what you know is that a common phrase is that something that people in America use or is that an English term that he's getting wrong I, I don't know but I don't know. I, th- I felt like he was making up his own Cockney rhyme and slang all night. That was the uh, that was the joke, right? I think so. Mm. May- maybe it maybe it became something afterwards. Yeah, potentially. I mean, I googled it, and and there were various sites explaining what it was. But yeah, yeah. There we go. Um, that that was that. Uh, after the match, we have another Judgment Day promo with the creepy kids singing again. <laughs> um, yeah. We have. Michael Cole as well with his fantastic highlights um, and I think he had one little turtleneck t-shirts on at this stage didn't he maybe um, interviewing Shane McMahon uh, and we get uh, leaning towards the main event and hinting towards what's going to happen in the main event which is supposed to be a triple threat between The Rock Triple H and Shane for the WWF title but it's obvious that Shane and Triple H are going to work together to get the belt back in the McMahon family um, hands, I suppose, but they both seem to have a slight different idea about who exactly is going to be picking up the title as these interviews go on, don't they? Yeah, I quite like this. They always did this mm. quite well during the um, during sort of this period in wrestling. They'd have like the bad guys working together, but they'd always be in it for themselves at the same time. So there's the that sort of seeds of tension between them, and the the questionable outcomes always kind of like floating around, even if like you you're probably sure that the rock's going to come out of this on top but like i don't know if these guys can't work together and then like that becomes more of like a, a three-way split rather than one guy with all the odds stacked against him so yeah, yeah i quite liked it i like yeah i mean we'll, we'll cover that more when we get to the main event itself but i think it was a really clever a really clever way of telling the story and and ultimately their allegiance falling apart helps the rock win but like i said we'll cover that we'll cover that shortly um Crash is still sat next to Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler at this stage. And we get the British Bulldog turning up to a pretty good ovation, but maybe not the reaction that he would have got a few years previous, potentially. Um, He comes down and we have uh, effectively an impromptu hardcore title match between the British Bulldog and Crash. Um, What are your thoughts on on this this version or this time frame with with regards to the British Bulldog, Dave? Because he looks very different to to what we know and love with the dreadlocks and so on he's wrestling in jeans and i suppose uh, big black docker boots i suppose <laughs> want a better term yeah it's a very sort of aged british look isn't it mm. um but i don't know it 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 suits him in a way like i don't know if he's i didn't see a lot of the british bulldog like this is my first experience seeing him when i'm watching wrestling for the first time um and even looking back on it now i probably haven't seen an awful lot of the british bulldog sort of over the years um in watching wrestling but um i don't know i don't really i don't really have any strong feelings about this like it was all right it kind of looked like he was struggling to move a little bit like move around and it like carrying some injuries or whatever um and like for what it was which is like british legend turns up has a match like i thought it served its purpose yeah yeah i think you're right and and it was the usual kind of hardcore effort the the usual kind of mess with lots of weapons and and so on and the bulldog ultimately picks up the win as you would imagine with his running power slam finisher um and again it's it's a match that uh, i suppose it i don't want to sound like i'm being negative about this show because i don't mean to be at all but there's a lot of matches that kind of they happen but nothing stands out so i'm not it's not like it's not like i'm saying that they were bad it's not like i'm saying i didn't enjoy it but it's nothing to make me go i must go back and watch that again or even make me think 
wow, that was spectacular. I remember this moment. And that seems to happen on a few of these matches, I think. I think they just don't have the time that mm. they need to properly kind of like build into something to, to really care about and sink your teeth into. Um, and like you mentioned the sort of angle Benoit kind of ended pretty abruptly. Maybe they were just running late. Maybe they just got a call like, hey, we got to take it home. Like, yeah. That there's another six matches or something to do after this. We've still got to like cram everything else in. Like if they're just sort of running over time or whatever and then a lot of this sort of rushed kind of clustery bits in the middle that we've got in this sort of dip section um yeah. would really make sense yeah no no i think you're right there um after this we get another uh an, another sort of vignette i suppose or backstage moment um this is with edge and christian and they're they're charging hands for autographs and pictures um and i thought this was great because they were just being smarmy dicks and it was just perfect <laughs> you know it was yeah. exactly what you want from edge and christian at this time um lawler gets a, got, got me laughing on this occasion um when he turns to jim ross and says so you don't charge for autographs and jr jr exclaims <laughs> of course not to which lawler responds huh does that mean I should stop? And that just popped me. Uh, that, that made me laugh. So <laughs> I don't know why, but something that simple made me laugh a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, like there's a particular bit of the um, Edge and Christian one that I that made me chuckle, which is um, they had the like the adult fan who'd like paid for a picture with them, and they like closed up in front of him when they when they actually take it. Yeah, that was brilliant, and the timing just to cover him up and then step back again. Yeah, that was great excellent stuff i mean they, they were great at this time anyway weren't they edge and christian just just comedy yeah brilliance you know and they were great in the ring as well it's really good seeing back wrestling again with with aw to be fair i always thought he was very good but we have a never installment i guess of the edge and christian hardys dudleys and so on tag team series this time with the hardys versus edge and christian um it goes just shy of 13 minutes um and it's kind of it's kind of what you'd expect again isn't it it's it's a good match there's the craziness from jeff hardy as you'd expect they go back and forth and and again i enjoyed it but it wasn't as spectacular as some of the others we've seen recently yeah it wasn't the car crash stuff was it which i thought would only pace for uh an edge and chris hardy's match to see them do some sort of tag team wrestling and get some of those like more traditional like moving parts type tag team spots in and stuff mm. yeah yeah i see what you mean i mean it looks here like jeff hardy's potentially borrowed one of lita's tops which which tickled me i think he looked a bit <laughs> daft i mean i'm no fashion icon in any stretch of the imagination but i think he looked very silly um jim ross makes me laugh as well it- in hindsight in 2021 looking back because he's talking here in 2000 um, about edge and christian saying about he's making a joke saying oh they'll be get doing shampoo commercials next um and that did make me laugh because a couple of years later edge at wrestlemania actually had a match with booker t over a shampoo commercial so that was quite quite humorous for me hearing um there's a cool spot with Matt, where he lies across the turnbuckles to save Jeff hitting the buckles, and then Christian tries the same, but Edge gets sent to the other corner, which made me laugh a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that was quite nice actually. I quite like that. I think it's like an old eighty um, spot on like Rock and Roll Express or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, one note I, I got here. One thing I picked up watching the match is that the crowd seemed relatively quiet. Maybe they were potentially a bit burnt out from what they'd seen already at this stage but halfway through this match they really seem to be to be very very quiet to be honest yeah it's a lot to get through i suppose like they've been rushing through a lot of matches um and it's a lot of sort of like emotional ups and downs i can imagine that'd be quite tiring Mm. yeah yeah definitely um the finish comes here when edge and christian use the bell as a weapon um, which is quite funny because the ref then starts calling for the bell, but nobody can ring it because it's in the ring because it's just been used as the ref, which made me laugh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and he's still throwing it bell first at him as well. Like after the last time where X Pac got split open by it, I thought they'd learn the lesson, but apparently not. No, no, that's it. <laughs> um, the Dudleys come back out at this stage to a good reaction um, and put Edge through a table. 
because we're sort of still continuing that. Well, there's lots of teams involved, I guess, at this stage, isn't there? With I mean, you got the APA knocking around, you got Too Cool knocking around, um, Edge and Christian, the Dudleys and the Hardys are all in the title picture. It's quite a good tag team scene at this time, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Like, it, well, it's not always like renowned for the best sort of tag team matches, as in like traditional tag team matches, but it's definitely renowned for like some of the most exciting, like car crash, crash bang wallet tag team mm. matches, uh, like ever. So yeah, it's it's definitely a good time for for tag teams, even if not in like the traditional sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, our well, we we come now to the last two matches of of the show, and I think it's quite um, quite quite a symbol, I guess, quite a guide to how this show is with regards to the matches being very quick, sort of in the ring, done and out again. In that last two matches are the longest matches on the card, and one clocks in at just shy of thirteen minutes, and the main event <laughs> clocks in at fifteen and a half minutes, um, and that's they're the two longest by by quite a way as well. Wow, I yeah, I guess so. Because given that we've had like, what is it like eight matches before these two, something mm. like that. Um, I've had that long in like two and a half hours or whatever, but I never really remember them going fifteen minutes, do you? No, no, that's it. Um, the first of the two that we're talking about is Eddie Guerrero against Chris Jericho. Um, Jericho is still involved in his in his feud with China around the, the Intercontinental title. Um, this is champion versus champion, as Eddie has the European title. Jericho is the IC title holder. Um, and they have a coin toss to decide which belt is going to be defended. I don't think I've ever seen that before. No, I've never seen it either. That was quite cool. Yeah, it was quite unique. I mean, when they spoke about it initially, I was like, oh, really? That's a bit... Oh. <laughs> I, I, did, I, I didn't quite know what to make of it but then when it actually happened and you saw Eddie sell it um, and th- then they go into the match to, and wrestle for Eddie European Championship I, I, I thought yeah that was quite cool actually that's quite a different way of doing things I mean I wouldn't want to see it every week but at the same time it, it was quite unique I suppose it was it was something different yeah well you'd, you'd like to, to think the sort of champ versus champ would be quite a rare thing and like almost have a rule like that would be quite interesting um but it as a random thing it, it's it's random for sure but i thought it was it, it made it a bit different mm, yeah definitely um i really enjoyed this and i think this is probably my favorite match of the night um yeah. A, a bit of a sort of schmozzy finish with China getting involved. Um, she throws the belt in the ring. Uh, Jericho extracted, then hit with the belt and pinned, and so on. Bit of a bit of a sort of messy sort of interference finish, which is fine because Eddie's the bad guy. That's what that's what happens. Um, but I I really enjoyed it. I mean, we saw some great wrestling, some great holds, uh, uh, and just I'm a big fan of Jericho and I'm a big fan of Guerrero. I, I don't think these two guys can really do much wrong. So I think that finishes what this match really needed because you've got Jericho going in um, as the champ, right? So if Eddie beats him clean, then he's got like a real claim to Jericho's championship because they've done the coin flip at the start. It makes it seem like obviously it, it could have been either of their belts that were up for grabs. It was Eddie's, and then he's doing like everything he can do to get that was really good. Yeah. Yeah, very well done. Um, and that then brings us to our main event. We have a promo from The Rock. Um, and, and he's just absolutely superb, isn't he? Every time you see the guy talk, it doesn't matter which era, doesn't matter which time, good guy, bad guy, he is fantastic, isn't he? Yeah, it's just like, and it's it's just like, it's The Rock talking. Like, he, he's got his very unique way of, of doing things that seems very familiar every single time but he'll switch it up a little bit here and there and it'll always kind of like pull you in and make you think oh that's clever yeah definitely and we get another little interaction with triple h and shane as well sort of bickering a touch about who's going to leave with the title don't we then which sort of sets the mood very much for when everyone makes their entrances and and the match begins and they do work together in a kind of almost comical way at times to try to get the rock worn down don't they yeah, and it starts feeling very house showy again, right? At the point 
when they're like they're all try- they're both trying to do Shane's punch. Yeah. And they're just like going back and forth. It's like, oh, you doing like this? And then The Rock joins in on both of them. And it's like, oh, that's great. Um, but yeah, like it, it kind of like starts off like going like a little bit serious, made of feel, and then kind of falls into that kind of like loose house show kind of like comedy entertainment type feel. And then kind of like picks up again towards the end as we get in towards The Rock sort of coming back and stuff. Yeah, and similar to um, the match that we saw. Last time we spoke at Backlash between The Rock and Triple H, we have referees coming down to get involved. Um, the main referee took a bump. Was it Gerald Briscoe, I believe, wasn't he? Who came down in a ref shirt. He gets he takes a punch from Triple H. Earl Hebner shows up again. Um, and we have this wonderful comedy moment of Vince Vaughn chasing Earl Hebner around the ring and the pair of them doing laps. <laughs> oh, man, that made me laugh a lot. <laughs> Yeah, that was great. Like it, like the the schmozzy stuff during this period of wrestling, um, like it was fresh, right? It it felt fresh and new. And like I feel like if you do like a lot of it these days, it just feels like you're copying. Um, but like at, at this time, and even watching it back, like it it feels like it was it was part of the time. Like it's really like in in the right place. Yeah definitely uh, ultimately we end up with the rock obviously he retains his championship with a people's elbow on shane after the allegiance the alliance sorry between shane and triple h kind of brain and vince is in the ring involved as well and he has a chair and uh, lots of nonsense going on which you got a great deal of in this era didn't you but i think they did it so well you know vince um his, his facial expressions triple h is is at his peak here really for me um and shane shane's just great as that horrible little rich kid chicken shit bastard isn't he <laughs> yeah and vince punching the turnbuckle as well on the oh, outside yes. that was fantastic i really enjoyed that yeah um so i mean that, that that kind of concludes the very short i suppose pay-per-view of quite short matches um yeah. dave we normally give these things a old school school grade so to speak um i'll let you go first my friend what 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 do you think i really enjoyed this one i think it's a, probably a solid b plus for me like it had a dip in the middle like where things got a bit rushed or whatever but like the the beginning was fantastic and the end was really good as well and those are the main things for me yeah yeah okay i i, I enjoyed it as well there wasn't anything on the show that made me sort of go, ugh, that was rubbish, or, oh, well, what's that about, or anything like that. Every match I enjoyed, I, mean, I wouldn't go back and watch any of it again. I'm not going to lie, there's nothing there that makes <laughs> me want to dive back on the network and re-watch the show, but there was enough there to entertain me watching it this first time round, because I'd never seen this event before. Um, I don't think I can go quite as high as you. I'm thinking maybe more a C plus B minus kind of bracket. I think I'm going to have to lean to a C plus purely because there's not enough Trish on this show for my liking. <laughs> so that, that, yeah. that instantly gets it marked down. So, but I mean, again, it was, it was solid without being great. I suppose it was good without being spectacular. I enjoyed it, but I'm not going to rush back and watch it again. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. I think I probably will go back and watch the opening tag again at some point. I really okay. did enjoy that match. Um, but, yeah, the rest of it felt like fairly sort of standard fare from around this time, although the the, the average around this time is high. Like, the bar is high around yeah. this time, I think. And, like, with WrestleMania being, like, the, the big exception, I think just, like, the standard of wrestling that's, like, across this card is, is really good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, okay then, so I suppose that then brings us up to date with that show. The next event we have, I believe, is Judgment Day. Um, again, Judgment Day 2000 is is quite a good show. I remember this one being very, very good, having some great matches and great moments. Hit. So I look forward to covering that one with you, Dave, in the coming weeks at some stage. Um I just want to say very quickly again, thank you so much for being so tolerant of my rubbish schedule keeping this last week and being messed around by uh, issues that I've had here. So thank you very much for that, my friend. 
Uh, no worries at all. Thank you, as always, for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, and also, um, p- hopefully people won't pick up on it after I've finished the editing process, but we have had some technical issues uh, tonight, a few internet problems. Um, so, again, thank you for your patience in, in working through those with me. Um, do you want to let everyone know whereabouts they can find you online, mate? Yeah, go on. Um, I'm on Facebook. Uh, it's David Eaton. It's just a regular ad a friend. Um, so, ad friend, if I think you don't look like you're going to pester me incessantly, I might accept. Um, and on Twitter, I'm at Heritage City HM, which I might even look again soon. Like wrestling starting up again and all that. Worth a look. <laughs> do it, do it, because I find it easier to tag you in Twitter than I do on Facebook. For some reason, it won't let me oh, do it on Facebook so well. So <laughs> it's, because, it's because I'm not a page. I think that's the thing. Ah, uh, okay. Like, yeah, it's. Uh, it's technology in it yes i am not a fan but there we go can't live without it but um i am at sjp words on twitter and you can find the show at sjp wrestling pod and as always please seek out my other show at chain underscore wrestling um this week's topic has been the becky lynch charlotte flair last woman standing match um, from the Evolution pay-per-view and our non-wrestling pick this week was programs, movies or whatever that scared you as a kid gave you nightmares as a kid we had a good giggle at some of those some very, very odd choices and, and things that people got scared of when they were younger poor Tolly, looking at you he was frightened of the uh, the cartoon um, bull from Bullseye Dave, it gave him nightmares <laughs> when he was younger so... But yeah, wow! Um, that, that one gave that one gave us all a bit of a giggle. But yeah, turmoil when he was a child, but funny for us now. So, <laughs> um, Dave, again, thank you so so much for your time, and I look forward to speaking with you again about Judgment Day. Yeah, cool. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you very much. Cheers. <laughs>